Hello and welcome to the Uncensored Wellness Podcast with your host, Sophie Louise. I'm a sexual empowerment coach here to support you in the area of wellness that is too often left off the table, your sexuality. We'll explore how your sexuality is so intertwined with every aspect of your life and how you can bring in more pleasure on the daily. Now let's get into it. Kia ora. I have another absolutely amazing guest on the podcast today and this week I am talking with Kendall Brown who is an incredible coach who works with women and one of her favorite things to get into within her coaching is shadow work and that is what we dive deep into today. Of course, we go into what actually is shadow work uh, and then how does that present within your sexuality? So we talk about how sexuality education can create shadows and shame within our lives. We talk about people pleasing and how the fawn response presents during sexual experiences and so much more. I had such an incredible time having this conversation with Kendall and I just know that you are going to love listening to this just as much as I loved recording it. Mm, I am so excited to get into the topic of shadow work this week and I have with me an absolute pro on this topic and that is Kendall Brown. So I would love to get you to introduce yourself, share a little bit about the work that you do. Amazing, yeah, I'm so excited to be doing this with you. Um, so yeah, I'm Kendall Brown, um, Kendall Brown Wellness on Instagram. Um, and I am a woman's empowerment coach uh, and, and shadow work, like you say, trauma and shadow work is my thing. It is what makes my heart race. It sets my soul on fire and I help women work through this trauma, heal this trauma, release it from their mind, body, soul, energies so that they can really flourish because I know like that is the absolute key to living your best life is letting go of the trauma and the shadows that are holding you back. So I'm mm. so excited to talk about this. I literally could talk about it for hours. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited as well. And so I'd love to start things off by really defining what shadow work is, because I think it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment that you hear everywhere, but often it's just kind of mentioned quite briefly and not gone into in any detail. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in a lot of the healing, uh, spiritual inner work community, there are these words that float around and they sat and people throw them out there and they and put so much meaning behind them but if you're a beginner it can be really overwhelming because you don't know what these things mean so shadow work is basically a, a part of inner work a big part of inner work in whatever sort of way you're looking at it or going through that in your life and it is all about getting in touch with the parts of yourself that you have repressed that you've hidden that you have run away from that you avoid feeling they are the the parts of you that you literally pushed into the shadows of yourself. And when I say pushed into the shadows of yourself, I'm meaning you've buried it in your subconscious. Whether you've done that consciously or not, there are, there are always parts of us hiding in there that we need to bring forward and really acknowledge and work through. So with shadow work, you are always connecting with, digging deeper, and getting to know your shadow self. This is parts of yourself that may bring you shame or guilt or fear, parts of yourself that you have denied or repressed. Basically, any part of you that gives you a negative feeling about yourself, a negative thought, a negative belief, those are all wrapped up in your shadow work and um, your shadow self. And the whole purpose of doing the shadow work is to bring that shadows into the light so that you can heal. It's shining the light on your traumas and your wounds, no matter where they came up in your life, so that you have the awareness and the understanding to move past them, so that they no longer dictate how you live your life and hold you back. 
Mm, and even just in that, I can hear the power of doing this work of processing these repressed parts of yourself so that you can step fully into your power and not be held back by these these limiting beliefs. Exactly. And that really is it. That is this is why that's why I do this work. This is why I'm so passionate about doing this work with so many women and my clients is because it really is the light bulb moment for me. And for a lot of the people that I work with, that when you finally heal the shit behind you, um, you can start moving forward and actually start living a life that you want to live, not a life that is defined by the experiences that you've had. Mm, Yes. And I know personally just how powerful that's been. Like, even for me to step into sexual empowerment coaching, it's been releasing all of these shadows that have told me that this is not a quote-unquote respectable line of work. And so leaving behind those beliefs that are not mine to follow my own soul's purpose. Yes, absolutely. That is so it. Those beliefs, that is a huge part of shadow work, is when you become aware of certain beliefs, thoughts, habits, behaviors, and you are able to observe them and become aware of them and realizing they're not actually yours. They came from society's conditioning, conditioning from your parents, an experience you had as a child or a teenager, an ex-partner, like all of these layers pile up on top of who we are at our core, our authentic selves. And then we start living from those places rather than living from our authenticity. And that's where your power lies. Like exactly like you say, you know, that is where your power lies. Ah, oh, yes. And so you've mentioned in there that some of these beliefs can come from childhood. And I'd love to hear you speak a little bit more about inner child shadow work and potentially any other forms of shadow work that you are familiar with and that you incorporate into your work. Yeah, absolutely. And there are different strands of shadow work. Um, I think the overarching um, premise of shadow work is all related to trauma work. So trauma can be a real buzzword and it can be one that people feel really uncomfortable saying, like saying that I've experienced trauma, thinking that there's a misconception that trauma has to be a huge life-threatening insane survival experience yes that is a made that's a there are major trauma things like um war and um abuse and all of those big big things but the more common forms of trauma are minor trauma it's things that you don't even really realize were trauma it could be as simple as being yelled at as a child being told off by as a by a parent And then that trauma, or it it forms a trauma in your body and a story and a pattern or a belief that you then continue to to carry as you get older, it expands with you. And that's why this inner child work is so important because in those fundamental formative years of ages 0 to 8, although now they're looking at it can go up to 12 and even 15, 16, That is when we are in this world soaking up information. We are understanding the world around us. We're understanding ourselves. And so everything that we see or hear or absorb energetically, we take that on as information. And we're not old enough at that point to understand context or understand that people have their own experiences and they're projecting it onto us. We just take it all in as fact. Your conscious, your subconscious mind takes that on as fact and turns that inward, and then that creates a belief. So there's things like within a child work, it's going back to that part of your life, which we often don't do to be fair. It's going back and uncovering the shadows that were formed at childhood. It could be things like Say your mum forgot to pick you up from school, was late to pick you up from school one day. And so you as a child thought, oh, I'm forgettable or I'm not important enough or my, they don't care, they don't love me. And then that 
will start repeating itself and repeating itself and expanding and you'll carry it through to when you're older you know you'll that'll turn into um other ways uh, other behaviors as you're older that reflect that feeling of i'm not good enough or i'm forgettable or um i'm not worthy of someone paying full attention to me um there's can be experiences in your childhood particularly the bond that you had with your parents one or both parents whether they were emotionally or physically um, available to you you know whether they showed you love and affection and attention and support freely and regularly or whether you felt like your emotional needs were neglected that can create that is such a strong and, and what I see so commonly, so, so commonly, and I've experienced it myself, where you grew up with a parent who was emotionally distant, emotionally unavailable, and the wound that causes will seep throughout your life. And often we aren't even aware of it, you know, because if we form these traumas at such a young age, it becomes all we know. You know, we just live, that that's all we know. How would we know that this isn't the way that we quote unquote should be living? How do we know that there's a different way to think or believe or feel confident about ourselves if we just think that people won't meet our emotions, that we're too much or we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough. So it's really going back to those those key moments, those key years and unpacking the shadows that were involved in that and um like i said before like more recent studies are coming out to show that those that those developmental years developmental years can go right up to 15 16 and that's something i've recently begun working with clients around is the inner teenager work and that was a huge light bulb moment for me even because although i've done a lot of inner child work and unpacking what happened around me as a child, some really core uh, altering traumas happened for me in those teenager years. You know, things like bullying, uh, breakups, my first love, my first breakup, first sexual experiences, things where as a teenager, you're just trying to find yourself in this world, find your place, find out who you are. And everyone's trying to do that and it just, it can really butt heads. And you're having all these first experiences as you're trying to get that understanding of the world. And so that's another layer of it too. It's like inner child work is so important. And then the next step is really looking at your inner teenager and seeing how he or she was hurt and how he or she saw the world, how they felt about themselves in the world. And that's a really powerful chunk that I've seen a lot of people having amazing results of really facing that part of themselves too. Mm, yeah. And then would you say that, you know, it's so powerful to go into your inner child and then into your inner adolescent? Can shadows form after that point? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think shadows and, you know, trauma can happen at any stage in our lives. Um, you know, you could have, what do I think? You could, you know, break up with a person tomorrow and that can form a trauma. You know, you can be in a toxic relationship and that can form a trauma. You could be in a car crash and that can form a trauma. There's all these things that can happen at any time in your life. The reason we go back to the inner child and the inner teenager is because that is what is most prominent that's what formed the foundations of you as a person in your brain that is what caused your brain to wire itself the way it has and so going back to that allows you to then learn to how then learn how to rewire it mm, okay so your your inner child and inner adolescent would be the starting point in terms of shadow work definitely and it's where i always start with women is going back so that you can move forward. It can seem a little counterproductive if you're trying to be this amazing, abundant, high vibe version of yourself that's kicking ass and achieving all her goals. It's like, well, why do I want to go backwards and feel sad and feel bring up all those negative things from the past? 
And the, I, that is the whole point of shadow work because everyone has shadows. And if you continue to ignore them and keep them as shadows, they will continue to keep coming up, keep manifesting themselves in different ways. Mm, yes, and that's exactly what I was going to talk about is that we just want to look forward. We want to set our um, affirmations. We want to manifest things. We just want to move forward and not look back. But I'm hearing you say that there is so much power, and I know personally that there is so much power in processing these past pieces of trauma in order to then move forward, and it does need to happen in that order. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course you can do it alongside working mm. on where you know your future, where you want to go in your journey. They can go hand in hand, but manifestation is a great thing to bring up because how are you able to attract in all the goodness that you want if you are still in the vibration, even subconsciously, of your former self? The one, the, the former self that is hurting, that feels neglected or unwanted or unworthy. That's not the energy you want to be bringing into your future self to manifest because then you're just going to manifest things that aren't as good as what you were wanting. So going yeah. back to move forward is such an important piece of any healing journey. Mm, yes. And so... You know, I'm hearing you say that you work largely with women, but I'd love to know who do you think should do shadow work and at what point in their life, what gender? I mean, the short answer is everyone should do shadow work, regardless of age, gender, ethnicity, place in the world, place in their life. Everyone should be doing shadow work because everyone has shadows. You know, whether you're aware of it or not, the idea being like, well, I don't have trauma or I don't have things to heal from, utter lies. Everyone has something. And that's not me sitting here saying that everyone is broken and needs to go get a coach and go heal themselves, go have a spiritual awakening. That's simply me saying that we can always be working on former parts of ourselves so that we can continue to move forward. Um, if any part of a healing journey requires you to keep going and any journey that you're on in life even if you're not on a healing journey there'll be things new things that pop up that require you to look at them whether you look at them or not is another story but there will always be new situations that will trigger something and it could be something you're not even aware of but it'll that there'll be It'll be an interaction with another person or um, relationships. Oh my gosh, relationships are the biggest red button for bringing up past trauma and bringing out your shadows. Oh, relationships are your biggest mirrors. And it's in those times where two people are coming together with both of their shadows and going, how can we navigate each other? But if you can't navigate a relationship and have a happy, healthy relationship, if you're both acting out of a trauma response, if you're both still stuck in your trauma from childhood, from a teenager, from past relationships, you, everyone needs to be working on their shadows so that they can create a healthy relationship, a life they love, a successful business or career or family, or whatever it is that you're wanting, if you're stuck in a trauma cycle, in chronic trauma patterns, in a chronic trauma response, you, you're going to struggle to move forward. I'm not saying it's not impossible. There are, I'm absolutely sure there are people out there who are killing it at life who haven't done this work, but it'll make it so much easier if you do this work. It's a little, yes, it's hard at the time, but it's a little bit of discomfort for a huge amount of benefit later down the track, or you can continue to avoid it. And I very strongly believe most times the universe will throw something at you and force you to face it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And when it really positively impacts your relationships like this, your romantic relationships, and also other relationships in your life, I strongly believe that doing this shadow work overall contributes to a more harmonious world where we can relate to each other from this place of safety and we know our worth, we can give more to people, we can receive better, we can step into careers that are more aligned with ourselves. So again, as you say, it's this this moment or this period of discomfort for just endless benefits. Absolutely. It is, and it is such a beautiful point where if we are all doing this trauma work or this shadow work, we are more able to be compassionate to others. Because when we start understanding that the way we're acting now, the thoughts we have, the things we say, the behaviors we put out there, they're coming from, you know, positive or negative, they're coming from previous learnings, previous conditioning. We're only, we're all just acting in a way that we learned, that we picked up. And when you understand it in yourself, you can see that in others and you can give them compassion. I The amount of shifts I've had since realizing what I carry and what my uh, inner child went through or just understanding what, what my inner child could have gone through or would have felt, I can give so much more compassion and understanding to others. No, it doesn't excuse other people's shitty behavior. But it gives you an understanding of why people are acting a certain way. And with that understanding, it can, it can diffuse arguments, diffuse hostility or judgment. And again, it just makes the world a more harmonious place. You are so right. Mm, so much power in this. And so you've mentioned that a key... Um, step in doing the shadow work is becoming aware of your shadows. How would you recommend gaining that awareness? How do you know um, where your shadows are presenting in your life? Yeah, and I think a really great place to start is, is understanding what a what a trauma response can look like, what may, what thoughts, behaviors, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual um, signs there are of trauma coming through in your life today. Um, and so like physical, um, if your body is stuck in a trauma response, it means it's stuck in a fight or flight mode. You know, your body is in survival mode, stress response, everything's going, your adrenal glands, your adrenaline's pumping, your heart may be racing. Um, even if it doesn't feel like that 24-7, there are still, it can still be simmering in there and that, of course, can affect your body physically. Um, so I work a lot with women on period health because a lot of if you're having putting stress into your body then of course that's going to be upsetting your cycle it's going to be upsetting your hormones which just means that you're going to be having painful periods or irregular periods or losing your periods altogether it can be acne or eczema um back pain joint pain neck pain low immunity gut health uh, gut issues ibs um all of these sorts of things are just the physical manifestations of uh, trauma and stress in your body being undealt with. There's an amazing book uh, called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hayes, and she breaks it down. She, I think she even has a list at the back with all the different sort of like symptoms you can have physically or illnesses or ailments and how that correlates to certain traumas or stressful experiences and then how you can work through that. Um, also in the physical realm, I guess, is is risky behavior. You know, are you engaging in risky behavior? Risky behavior sounds so like PC, but it's like, are you partying really hard? Are you drinking a lot of alcohol or drugs or sex or gambling or shopping or whatever? 
as a way to numb or distract yourself from the pain that you know is simmering in you, the disconnection that you're feeling from your authentic self because of all these shadows building up over time. That was a huge one for me. For a long time, I was doing a lot of dumb stuff because like the partying, the drinking, the drugs, the casual sex, just to try and make myself feel better or forget that I wasn't feeling great. I struggled for years with anxiety and depression, panic attacks, anxiety attacks, insomnia. And, you know, I tried, I went to the doctors, I did all the talk therapy, I got the medication, and it still had me on a roller coaster for five or six years. And I'm not, I'm absolutely not saying here that mental illness is not a, there isn't a biological uh, component to it, there absolutely is. But so much of it is situational, and I know for myself, so much of it was that when I started doing the shadow work and I went back to the beginning of where this unworthiness or deep sadness, deep loneliness came from, and I started to heal that, not just in my mind, but in my body, in my energy. Oh my God, I can't tell you how much of a game changer that was. Like, mm. absolutely, the, the most transformational experiences experience I've ever been through yes I'm still aware that I'm someone who is predispositioned to anxiety or depression or panic attacks or whatever but they are no longer something that I battle with on a daily basis they are no longer something that comes up and I sink into a big deep black hole because I know why I'm being if, if anything does come up I know my triggers I know why I'm being pulled back that way because I've done this work um, it, it, I really, it just, I struggle to put into words how transformational doing shadow work has been for me. And I see it in my clients as well. The changes in their physical state, emotional state, mental state, spiritual state, even, because if you're stuck in trauma, you can't, I mean, you struggle to connect with a higher purpose or a higher energy. You know, you struggle to connect to your intuition because you're constantly in a fear response, a stress response. Um, emotionally, some really, really, really key examples of trauma are anger, whether it's you have angry outbursts or you feel, as I, I get a lot with women, is a lot of like, pent up anger bubbling inside of them and they don't know how to release it and then they just burst like a volcano and everyone has to run for cover um the fear of being alone or codependency that relates into attachment theory and attachment that you had with your parents replicating itself in relationships people pleasing people pleasing is huge as a trauma response that people pleasing was formed as a childhood wound, it was formed when you were a child. Um, Self-doubt or imposter syndrome, perfectionism, a fear of conflict, um, or always being drawn to conflict or drama or chaos, needing constant external validation because you can't internally validate, not being able to self-soothe, so always looking to others to soothe you. Those are all like, there are so many examples. These are just like a handful of the most common ones I see come up. But there are so many ways it can come through. It's just learning the, to have awareness and observe yourself. Kind of like you sit in a little bird's eye view of yourself when you feel triggered, when you react to something really intensely. Maybe someone said something and suddenly you're just, your whole body is like tight and you're just on attack. That's a trauma response for you to observe and dig into. Um, but again, there's just so many, so much, but it all comes down to just observing and being aware is like the number one step. Yeah. Yeah, those are some some great examples. And you're right, there's a few things that I, I like want to comment on in that because there was just so much value shared there. Um, but yeah. I think the specific example that you shared around that having casual sex can at times be a response to trauma. And, you know, that's, as you say, a space to come into that self-awareness 
and think about, is this something that I just genuinely enjoy? Because it absolutely can be, and it can be really fulfilling for a lot of people, but it's inquiring and becoming aware of whether this is um, covering something else up, whether you're like diving into this place of pleasure and connection in order to cover up um, the stress that you're feeling, the shame that you're feeling, all of these things that you know, sex can be a great way to just kind of smooth that over and feel like you can move on because there's that pleasure, adrenaline, excitement, connection. So having that self-awareness is so key. Absolutely. And you're, you're absolutely right. Not all casual sex or one night stands. It's, I'm not saying that if you do that, that you're uh, massively traumatized and you're avoiding things and all of that. Absolutely not. Like, absolutely casual sex can be great fun but it's and it's something I wish I had the awareness of when I was younger like it's things topics like this where I think why were we not taught this in school because I was doing a lot of the time I was doing it for the wrong reasons like you say I was doing it to try and cover up feelings of unworthiness feelings a really low self-esteem feeling that I wasn't good enough lack of connection lack of physical touch and so then I would go out and find it in the wrong places. And that would ultimately lead me to feeling used and shit. And that just making that trauma deeper and more damaging. Um, but there, it starts with just, again, it starts with awareness. It starts with looking within and going, okay, why am I doing this? Do I want to do it because I want to have great casual sex or I'm not actually looking for a commitment right now in a relationship sense so I just want to have some fun am I okay with one night stand situations I think that's something that no one as women we aren't taught I mean as anyone really aren't taught to check in with ourselves with casual sex and thinking am I actually okay with this am I am I okay with potentially um connecting with this person in the physical sense being so deeply intimate with someone and then not seeing them again. Am I okay with bringing their energy into mine and then not seeing them again? Or having their own shit reflected onto us in that situation? I think that's a really important thing. You're not, we don't often look in ourselves and think, do I actually enjoy this? Like, for myself enjoy it not the people pleasing not the external validation but do I at my core enjoy what I'm doing do I enjoy having sex with this person do I enjoy one night stands whatever that is but it's just checking in with yourself and I wish I'd learned that at such a younger age because I think I would have saved myself a lot of pain and heartache but of course all these things happen for a reason and I'm so grateful that I've been through these experiences because I have learned so much about myself along the way and also because I chose to take a step back and evaluate why I was feeling certain ways to learn even more from those situations. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, and I know for me in terms of casual sex, it's about considering whether I'm coming into this from a place of wholeness where my cup is full and it's just going to add even further onto that. It's going to be super positive versus coming into it from a place of emptiness and contraction and like neediness, like feeling like I need to get something out of this experience. Yes. Yes to all of that. And again, that, God, I wish I was taught that in high school. Or like, mm. sex is not talked about. And I mean, this is a topic I could go on for forever about. But sex for women or sex in general is still talked about in such a clinical sense, such a biological sense. Or, you know, you're just given the basics about contraception and all those, the, the negatives. Um, you're not actually given support and information about Actually, the fact that you are actually going to go have sex you know they're not talked about talking about consent or how to comfortably set boundaries for yourself in, se in sexual encounters you know they're not talking about are you going into sex 
feeling whole or feeling like you need something, validation, connection, whatever. And I was like, why is this not talked about? Because I know I'm not alone. When I started doing this work in myself, even before I became a coach and I was talking to my girlfriends about it, the amount of other women I spoke to that felt the exact same way, who had had encounters where they probably wanted, to, they probably weren't feeling it, but they felt like they had to go along with it anyway, or doing, or having one night stands because they thought that was, you know, like quote unquote the thing to do or cool. And because of that, they're only now in their mid to late 20s unpacking all of that much like I did so talking about this is so important because I know I'm not alone I know we're not alone in this and the more we talk about it the more I hope that it saves women the pain and the wounds and the trauma that can come from those situations and pop up later oh absolutely and I really believe that when our sexuality education which in New Zealand is a lot better than in other places, but is still so, so lacking. When it only covers contraception and avoiding unwanted pregnancies, there is so much shame that is picked up around sexuality. For example, in that we're taught that sex should only be for reproduction. And if you want to have sex for anything outside of that, you feel like it's not respectable and you you pick up so much shame around any sexual encounter that then makes it really hard to determine what you want. And that comes back to what we were saying right at the start, like leaving behind these beliefs that we've picked up from other places, these, these shadows that are not actually ours processing them so that we can identify what we truly want the type of sex that we want to have the people that we want to have sex with and it's going to be different for every person but we need to leave behind that initial and overarching shame around sex in order to determine what the hell that is absolutely and shame is one of those baseline quote-unquote negative emotions no emotion is negative but there is a I can't think of the proper name for it off the top of my head but it's basically a pyramid of emotions and your bottom level emotions are the heaviest the ugliest the thickest Mm. the shadow emotions and shame is I'm pretty sure it's the bottom one or it's definitely the second to bottom because it is the biggest like when we think about how shame feels in our body, it feels icky. It feels heavy. Mm. It's like that you get uncomfortable. It feels like it can give you shivers because you're just like ultimate cringe, ultimate shame. And if you're carrying shame about past experiences or if you're carrying shame while you're going into an experience, that's not going to be a, a positive experience. And you're so right. It does like sex education the way it is still taught today and I mean it's been a while since I was at high school but I've I've checked in with people who are still at high school and it is largely the same it doesn't still shame in you it's not empowering women to have healthy safe sex it's it's like pushing people into shame so that when you do have those first sexual encounters they can be really traumatic, and that's that inner teenager wounds that are formed, you know. Even an inner teenager wound could literally be you sitting in health class and being told by some middle-aged teacher that having sex should only be with a partner to have a baby or whatever. That is That forms a wound, that forms a belief that you then have to go through the processes of rewriting and that's how we can end up in the the situations that I was talking about just before in sexual situations where we don't feel like we can speak up we feel like we feel uncomfortable in them but we don't feel like we have a voice it's where women stop prioritizing or think that their own pleasure is not a priority and that that in itself understanding that my pleasure is a priority has been huge for me that was a huge 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 result of doing this shadow work 
of learning that my voice in any sexual encounter matters. Whether it's me saying, yes, I want to do this, no, I'm not quite feeling this anymore, or I want to try this, that was huge. And even that ties into like people-pleasing and things like that, that, and how we're conditioned as women. Yes. Oh my God, I could talk about this for so long. And because it's it's not even at times that things need to be expressly communicated. It doesn't need, you don't need the health teacher to specifically say that you should have sex with, for example, someone of the same sex or only for reproductive purposes. Even when things like, say, masturbation are just completely left out of the conversation, that um, omission communicate shame to us if it's not welcome in this public conversation then it's surely not welcome full stop so we can we can pick up these shadows from you know I almost hate to say it but an endless amount of places and that just makes it even more beneficial to do this work on yourself absolutely and I think sexuality particularly female sexuality and sensuality is essentially a societal shadow it's a taboo it's it has so it's for generations has had so much shame wrapped around it that we have been conditioned to and societally picked that up and as women we carry that shame we carry that shame of the women that came before us of our ancestors of our grandmothers our great-grandmothers who were brought up where a woman's sexuality was completely ignored. It was dirty. It was yuck. It was nasty. It was unrespectable. It was completely ignored. And if it and and you're so right. If something is not welcomed, or at least a safe space is not opened to have these conversations then of course we are going to continue carrying that shame forward and passing that on to our daughters and that is something that right there I want to stop I want to stop that the more conversations we have like this whether it's listening to podcasts like your like yours whether it's talking to your girlfriends about it talking to your your sister your mum any woman about it the more conversations we have the more we unwrap that societal shadow and bring it into the light so that it can be celebrated and discussed healthily and experienced healthily. Yes. And that's where we can make so much progress in cutting, as you say, this line of, you know, this is the beliefs that we've picked up, but no, here is the time when I myself am going to create change and that's just going to permeate throughout society absolutely and if we're all making these little changes obviously it can seem really overwhelming the thought that this is a whole cultural societal belief it can seem overwhelming of like oh that's never going to change but it is you and me having this conversation right now everyone who's listening to this conversation right now taking this on board everyone who goes and talks to their girlfriends about this like that is creating change it's creating those little, little steps, like any sort of healing, personal or worldwide societal, little, little steps will always add up to change. Yes. And as well as creating that change, I really believe that having conversations like this and conversations with your friends and your family help to create that awareness of yourself. Because it can be so easy to get into this place where you feel like your current reality is the only reality. Like, I feel unworthy of myself and surely every other person on earth has this same feeling. And so actually having these conversations with people, moving through that shame in order to communicate openly about that can help to have that awareness of, oh, this doesn't need to be how it is. And this is something that I can process and work on. Absolutely. And you, you, hit, you said that so right. Like When we feel shame, we're so, it sounds weird, but we're so ashamed of it that we don't want to speak it. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge part of shadow work is speaking into your shadows, giving them a voice, letting them out of your mind and your body and 
It's why coaching is so good. It's why talking to a counselor or your girlfriends is so good because you are shifting that emotion from entirely being consumed in yourself and you are giving it a voice. You're letting it out into the atmosphere and even that takes away some of its power. So if we continue to be ashamed to talk about things that cause shame, then it's not going to help anything. And I think that's re- that's really important. And that's why I feel as a coach, and I'm sure you feel this as well, like it's such a great honor to hold the space where women can speak into their shame or their guilt or their deepest fears, their deepest um, traumatic experiences and to facilitate a space where that can happen so that they can move forward, so that they feel more comfortable speaking out about it. I think for myself, you know, my journey with um, becoming a coach really started when I first started sharing about my mental illness experiences. And I started sharing that out there and just the vulnerability of that. I've had so many people come to me and be like, wow, you inspired me to do this. You you helped me talk about it. You made me feel like I wasn't alone. And the more that we share our experiences, good and bad, shame, guilt, fear, whatever it is, joy and happiness, that is where the collective can grow and step forward and move forward together. If we all stay in our own little bubbles of like feeling guilty and ashamed of what we're thinking or feeling or experiencing, then nothing, you know, that's disconnection. And we don't want that connection and um, feeling aligned with a greater purpose and greater people. That's how we progress forward. Oh, 100%. And so, yeah, there's so many benefits to having these conversations, to bringing the shame out into the open and you know as well as that I think what you said previously about how like talk therapy is good um it has a lot of benefits but it doesn't go that full way like it's one thing to talk about it and to I know for me this was very much my experience with talk therapy it helped me to almost intellectualize what I was going through I knew why I was feeling what I was feeling, but that didn't help me to stop feeling what I was feeling. So it's then taking an additional step after that. Um, And in my work, that's doing embodiment work. That's releasing the shame, the shadows, the emotions through the body. And in your work, I know that's a lot of energetic work. That's a lot of um, releasing it through your energy and through visualizations and beautiful things like that, that really, you know, almost help you to cross the finish line in releasing this shadow. Absolutely. And that I think is the a, a huge takeaway that I want everyone to understand is that trauma is stored in your body. Mm-hmm. Trauma is stored in your body. It is stored as an energy in your body. It is stored in your nervous system. And so that's why absolutely talk therapy, counseling, talking it through is great to get that first piece, that understanding. Um, And it's been very beneficial for me in the past because it did. It gave me that understanding of why I was feeling certain ways, why I was triggered by something. But you're right. It's missing that final piece. And that is the body work side of things. It's clearing it from your energetics. It's clearing it from your body. It's releasing it from your nervous system so that when you are are triggered by something, you're not triggered as intensely. And when when the work I do, it's not about forgetting an experience altogether. It's not like I'm, you know, waving that thing from men in black and erasing your memory. You're still going to remember it. You're still going to have some awareness of it. But the work I do is all about removing the energetic charge so that you are no longer triggered by a situation because your body has no concept of time. You know, your body doesn't know that something that happened, an experience you had as a child is any different to a triggering experience you have as a teenager or as an adult. So they ha- it has no understanding. It just knows that it's, the, the experience you're having now 
is very similar to the one it experienced as a child, and so it's going to produce the same response in your body. It's going to send you into a fight-or-flight mode. It's going to um, massively increase your cortisol levels. It's going to push you into that survival stress response. That, Or it, it could go even more extreme. It could push you into a panic attack or an anxiety attack because it doesn't realize that these are completely different situations. So you've got to go back to that initial wound, that inner child wound, and remove the energetic charge that it has, remove that from your body, clear it from your body. And that's what I do with a lot of my techniques and modalities, is where we are working to clear that from your subconscious as well as your body. And that's also why the embodiment work that you do is so beneficial, you know, because... Say, for example, like my favorite example of embodiment work is shaking. Shaking is what I want people to do after any sort of clearing work because your body needs to shake out that energy so it is no longer being stuck in your body. If you're not releasing the energy, it gets stuck. And that is so important so that when you clear that stuck energy, that's when you will no longer continue to be re-triggered and re-triggered and re-triggered. And that's a huge game changer huge game changer that is exactly it it's yeah as you say it's not about just completely forgetting that these things existed that is um almost harmful in its own way but it's about reducing that energy behind it so that you can step away from those survival responses that freeze that flight that fawn all of them And, you know, when we get into pleasure and we get into sex, if you find yourself triggered during a sexual experience and you go into your freeze or into your flight response, there is no space for pleasure there. Your body is in survival mode. It is prioritizing breathing and staying alive. And pleasure becomes way down that list of priorities. So doing shadow work helps you to um, just not go into those responses so often, ideally at all, um, so that you can experience all these benefits that we've talked about during this episode. But within sex, it's, it's experiencing pleasure and being present in that moment. Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head. Like if you're in a trauma response, if you're triggered, even if it may seem completely out of context in the sexual experience you're in, when your body is in survival mode, reproduction, which is, you know, biologically what we quote unquote have sex for, is so far down the list because your body's going, it's not safe to have a baby here. You're clearly, it's clearly too stressful. You're clearly just trying to survive. So there's no pleasure. There's no room for presence or enjoyment or joy that you want to experience when you have sex because your body is simply just trying to survive. It's trying to fight. It's trying to get out of the situation that it deems as life-threatening. And that is so, that was, and I love that you mentioned the freeze and the fawn responses because so often we think of a stress response as being like a panic attack or holy shit, we've got to get up and run or like, angry outward energy but the freeze and the fawn are just the freeze for me was a huge one with my sexual trauma um Mm. or understanding my sexual trauma where I I didn't think I'd share this but I will anyway because I'm here um but with my partner there was a situation where I completely froze and it was so bizarre we'd been together for at least a year and a half at that point and it was so I just completely shut down I could physically feel my whole body shut down and with it any sense of pleasure. And it was like that for quite a while until I went back and unpacked the shadows of why that was happening, why I, why I was shutting down because it was bringing up those ex- experiences of bad um, se- uh, casual sex encounters where I felt used, where I didn't feel true connection. And that was a huge hurdle for me to work through. And that's why that that freeze, the understanding that freeze is still a stress response, and freeze means everything shuts down. Your your emotions shut down, so your pleasure shuts down. And if you're stuck in that, or it continues to happen, a huge sign that you need to go back and look at why that's happening. The fawn response as well, that ties into people-pleasing. 
And as I mentioned too, like people pleasing is a a inner child wound. Your brain, I I like to say, you're not a people pleaser. You have a people pleasing brain. You were most likely in growing up in a situation where one or both of your parents didn't give you the attention that you needed unless you were pleasing them. You were doing what they wanted. And so this that's how your brain has wired itself. And as I said at the start, these beliefs that we have as children grow with us. And that absolutely grows with us into our sexual life, into our relationships, where in the bedroom, if you're people-pleasing, it's like prioritizing the other person's pleasure because as people-pleasers, we are conditioned to believe that other people's happiness is more important than our own. And so that, trans, of, course, of course, translates into pleasure. We then believe that the other person's pleasure and their ex- and experiencing pleasure is more important than ourselves experiencing pleasure. So we'll just go with the flow. You won't feel, you probably won't feel comfortable to ask for what you want or what makes you, what, what gives you pleasure. Um, you will feel scared to voice your desires out of a fear of rejection or, um, can't think of the word but judgment you know you hold back on exploring your sexuality and sensuality because of this and if you're holding back on all the things that make you you even in the bedroom even during sex then you're not living authentically and so that again is as if anyone can relate to that that is a huge sign to go back again and look at those inner child wounds as to why you were people-pleasing and start to rewrite that because you absolutely can. I am living, breathing proof that you can rewrite being a people-pleaser because all of those things that I just said were me for a very long time, very long Mm -hmm. time. But I am very proud to say that that's not me anymore because you can go back and rewrite. (laughs) Because you've done the work. Yes, Yes, exactly. I think it's really good to mention too People-pleasing can also come into self-pleasure um, because there's this really cool thing. Um, when you, if, if, you're, if you're a people-pleaser, you're, you're doing the things for others or giving and giving and giving to others because you're looking for that external response, that external validation. Um, so when it comes to self-care or um, self-pleasure, it's like, there is no external validation. So you're either like, well, what's the point if no one's going to validate me? And it becomes this like performative self-pleasure or self-care. And if you're not doing it for yourself, you can't be present and you can't experience that full embodiment of pleasure, of bliss, of happiness. Not just sexually either, like of course in self-pleasure, but also pleasure that you get from being out in nature, from dancing, from just being in your own company, in your own presence. If you're a people pleaser and you can't see the internal validation of that, then you're really going to struggle. So another big reason to work on people pleasing. (laughs) Yes, that's such a great point that you bring up and it can almost get to the point where you're just kind of going through the motions in self-pleasure. You feel like this is what I should do, like this is what I've heard people talk about, so I guess that's what I'll do, but you're not in tune with what you actually want because that's not something that you have been taught how to do throughout your life. You've spent your entire life putting other people's um, emotions and desires ahead of yours. So it can be really challenging to learn how to become attuned to your desires. Challenging, but absolutely not impossible it is just a process again absolutely again it is it's just going back going back to go forward I feel like I've said that like a million times but it really like that really is the key is to do the shadow work because your life will change I can absolutely guarantee when you bring your shadows into the light every element every aspect of your life will change even if the shadow that you're healing seems nowhere near related to something that you're experiencing. Oh, so much truth in that. Amazing. Mm, Now, I'd love to know, do you have any other final pieces about shadow work that you want to bring up? 
Yeah, so I thought I'd just give a quick little overview of how you can start doing the shadow work now because I'm all about that aligned action and actually this, all this information and this conversation has been phenomenal, but I also want people to start doing it right away. Yes. <laughs> so it's basically like that first step, that awareness that we spoke about, that self-observation, observing your emotional reactions, your the, the sensations in your body is a big one too, you know, noticing when you feel at peace versus when you feel on alert. When you feel yourself shift, into that fight or flight, freeze, fawn response and observing what triggered that. Then the next layer is understanding and that is digging in deeper to these reactions. It's understanding where they may have come from. It can be done through journaling is an amazing way and something like that can seem, I feel like everyone talks about journaling and I I mean, I love journaling. Journaling's been huge for me. It's been huge for my clients. I know you're a big fan of journaling. We can really go back and just let your subconscious mind take over as you're writing. And the stuff that will come through, I promise, will blow your mind. Um, meditation. I do a huge amount of like inner child meditations. Um, going back to your childhood, finding the wounds. Even if you don't know where the wounds may be or where it might have started or formed we can go back and we can uncover that because again that is tapping into your subconscious mind it's allowing your subconscious to pull up all this information that you consciously aren't aware of and give us the answers that we're looking for so that we can go forward and heal that the next part of that is the self-compassion it's understanding that these are your responses. I understand why or where it's come from. I understand why I'm doing this or thinking this or saying this. And often there can be a, a sort of shift where you just think, oh my God, I wish this wasn't a thing. Why was I so stupid? Why did this happen? And you sort of start blaming yourself or other people. So the key part is compassion. It's having compassion that these things were not your fault. That, the, that things that happened to you in your childhood were out of your control. You were not to blame. And even like your parents weren't necessarily to blame because they were only acting in out of their own trauma response and back and back and back and back. So the only way that you can be responsible, the, the only thing you can do now is control whether you want your shadows to run your life or not. You can control whether you let them to continue to keep playing out and playing out and getting worse and worse, or you can choose and commit to rewriting them, to undoing so that you can, and reparenting so that you can move forward. And that I think is like, you absolutely don't need a coach to do this, but I think working with a coach or a mentor one-on-one or even in a group situation is so, so, so transformational because it can speed up that uh, process tenfold it can shrink down the dis- the time spent in discomfort and really like smash it out of the way so that you can start looking forward and seeing those changes happen and working with those changes in your life I absolutely agree and so if anyone is interested in working with a coach on this Kendall could you share where people can find you how people could get in touch yeah so um my instagram is probably the best place to get in touch with me it's my handle is kendall brown wellness um i have one-on-one coaching spots opening next month for 2022 and i'm so excited about this because i really think like i feel it in myself that 2020 2022 is going to be my year it's going to be everyone's year because things have to change So I really want to work with women who are ready to call in the same energy to heal the past shit so that they can make 2022 their year as well. So yeah, if you're interested in working with me, flick me a DM on Instagram and we can get chatting. Yes. Oh, so powerful. Thank you so, so much for coming on and having this conversation with me. It's been absolutely incredible and just such an important topic to speak about. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has just been such an amazing conversation. Thank you for holding this space. I love it.
Mm, it is my pleasure. Well, I hope that you and everyone listening has a beautiful day and I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Uncensored Wellness Podcast. I'm so honored to have you here as a listener and I'm celebrating your dedication to reclaiming your right to pleasure through engaging with this work. I would really appreciate you leaving this podcast a review and sharing your favorite episode with those in your life who you think would benefit from this. If you want to learn more, you can find me through my website, www.uncensoredwellness.com or through Instagram at uncensoredwellness with an extra S at the end. Feel free to reach out through either of these platforms and let me know your thoughts on this episode and whether you want me to cover any specific topics in the future. I can't wait to see you next time. Have a beautiful day.